This is the Don't Forget to Breathe podcast. In these episodes, we discuss grief, emotions, mental health, loss, trauma, and death of loved ones. There may be triggers that touch pain and other emotions within you. We just want you to be aware before you listen. We hope this podcast will help you on your journey to emotional health. Welcome to Don't Forget to Breathe. I'm Bruce Barker, along with my co-host, Rena. Hey, Rena, how are you? Hey, Bruce. I am good. Thank you. How about you? I am doing okay. I'm, you know, we, we were just talking about um, the holidays. We, we Our last episode was about the holidays are coming, and we are in the holiday sandwich right now. Mm-hmm. We, Thanksgiving, That's a good way to put it. Thanksgiving's happened, and Christmas is coming. Um, and, and we're going to dive in, dive into that. And in particular, my, um, how my Thanksgiving was, Mm -hmm. and we're going to spin the emotional wheel and talk about that. Mm -hmm. But before we do, I want to, um, I want to, I want to go back to, for those of you who've been listening the from the beginning, um, back in season one, episode four, um, it was called a randomly planned tapestry. And um, there was, at one point in there, there was some advice that I received and I had heard before and we had all, you know, I think we've all heard it. Um, at some point, but I, not only did I hear it, but I took it to heart and I, and I proclaimed it on, on this podcast and, um, I need to retract that. And the reason being is as we've gone into season two and learning and talking about the grief recovery process and that as I am working through um, that program, um, I am learning that the advice that I gave was not, it was what I knew at the time, but it, um, well, here, I'll just tell you what it was. So basically someone had told me who had, had suffered a similar loss had said, Bruce, you never get over it. You just learn to live life differently. And I took that as this, it was a profound statement. And that's how I, that's how I have been living. That's how I, what I've told other people. Nope, you don't get over it. You just learn to live life differently. And that's not the case. That's not what the, what we talk about in season two, the grief recovery process. There is recovery from this. It is not one of those things that you just, that you don't get over. And by me living that of not getting over it, not doing any work, that loss, that trauma, um, it stays in your body and it doesn't go away unless you do the work that, that we've been talking about and that, that Rena does. 
um, as a grief recovery specialist. And, and it, it will always rear its ugly head. And that, so I want to retract that and I'll find a way to go back into that particular podcast to try to add a little PS to that, that that's not, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we were talking about, you, you learn about a new tool. And so if there was a better hammer and then suddenly now there's this great hammer and everybody's using it and the old hammers just don't work anymore, you let people know. And that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. Um, and it also kind of ties in a little bit to um, this holiday sandwich that we're in and my Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that I I just had. Yeah, it's like so. we say in grief, in grief recovery, um, we don't even use the words get over or get through. It's complete the process and identifying mm-hmm. where this undelivered emotional communication, things that are feeling stuck. And so, yes, you will live life differently, but with tools and learning how to move through losses differently without the old tools and the old myths and the old beliefs about shutting down your emotions. and Right. Yeah. And not healing. And not healing. And having that, having those stirbs, right? And not recognizing what the stirbs are doing, the short-term emotion or energy-relieving behaviors, because they are unconscious. And they're the brain's way of pulling us back from the pain and distracting us from feeling the pain. And there's a great, actually, trauma trauma specialist called uh, Gabor Matei, and he's done amazing work um, with folks in addiction. And he he doesn't, he has this question where he says, um, he doesn't ask people what's wrong with you. He says, what happened to you? Mm. That you need to do this. So right, he approaches right. it completely differently. He doesn't see addiction as a problem as the main, he sees it as a mm-hmm. symptom, a way p- have people have of, of not feeling pain. Right. And drugs and alcohol are a couple of the short-term emotion relieving behaviors, but then so is so are shopping and gambling and and sex and workaholism and exercise and anger. Anger is a very mm-hmm. quick, easy to get to um, way to discharge overwhelming grief instead of talking about the grief or the pain of grief or what feels overwhelming or letting yourself be vulnerable enough to do that. Anger is a really quick, easy to get to one because it's in that. It's in that fear space. It's in that lower brain, you know, the fight or flight. So it's a quick, that was my, yeah, quick, easy. Yeah, to that get was one. my go-to. Yeah, that was my go-to. That was, was my default. And it was, um, it made for um, people around me mm-hmm. being very uncomfortable um, and that I, I took my anger out on those who were safe, who I felt mm. were safe, mm. but then it wasn't safe for them. And it wasn't, um, you know, and, and my anger was just, it was just agitation and snapping. And, you know, as, as we've talked about before, you know, and me just being an ass. Right. And what does that um, mean? Bruce? But somebody's, what does it mean? Being what's an that ass? mean? Yeah. What's that mean for you? Was it the snapping? Um, was it, what was it? Just sure. in my, yeah, in my, um, 
in my tone okay. and and in my words, just being, you know, to take take some words from the wheel okay. is All right. The, Let's spin the, the wheel. Oh yeah, spin the wheel. So can I explain um, this wheel? <laughs> yes, please do before I dive into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a wheel that I that um I was shown once, and started to use to get below these uh, surface level emotions, because typically there are layers deep, right? Um, right? Layers of the heart where we really don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable in. And so there are layers deep below anger. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in session with clients, actually a lot, I'll say, let's spin the wheel, especially if they say, say that they felt sad or they were afraid or even happy. It's like, mm-hmm. let's, let's play with it a little bit and let's give your heart a voice, especially for these deeper layers, the spots of vulnerability. Let's, let's be in a safe space of the heart and let him or her, her talk mm-hmm. without finding a reason or needing a reason about why or right. trying to negate it saying, you know, oh, I felt this when so-and-so did that, but they didn't mean it because they themselves were hurting or they didn't mean it because they were distracted or they didn't mean it because that's how they were raised or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So that kind of trying to negate it, trying to negate it with someone else's intention, right, behind it. We don't really know what anybody else intends when they're delivering something, but we we get to have a voice for the heart. Um, but a lot of times it gets suppressed. So when you say you were angry and an ass hat, if we were to spin mm-hmm. the wheel, what would you say was below it? Um, I would say some really clear ones. I, I would be with my with my tone, my the tone of my voice and my words. So um, aggressive mm-hmm. is one. Um, frustrated super easily. Um, sarcastic, um, irritated, hostile, um, provoked, mm-hmm. um, resentful, mm-hmm. um, devastated, um, you know, and that's coming off of hurt. Mm-hmm. So all of those emotions just kind of like that's what was floating we would when i would you know be that um that angry that mm-hmm. just you know where i'm i'm acting like an ass i'm being an ass mm-hmm. um you know with what uh, with what i was saying and how i was saying it yeah so ass hat showed up this Thanksgiving. Mm. So I was super excited about this Thanksgiving. Because um why this one? Well we're gonna we were gonna have some family over. Okay. And so we're hosting and um my wife is making the whole Thanksgiving meal, the whole thing and, and it was holidays and, and, and partly I mean we we had uh, the holiday episode, and I'm like, "All right, this is going to be good." Okay. I'm um, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. There's going to be like this full blown Thanksgiving meal. 
with, um, like I say, with family over, and it's just all going to be really cool. So, um, as I as I the everybody's there, right? Has has arrived, and then and then I'm kind of coming out of, you know, of the back of the house up toward the kitchen, and then and a lot of this is going back with hindsight and analyzing timelines and things like that. Um, but then I just, just started having, just, just feeling a little agitated, a little edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't recognize it at the time. Um, and then, um, was asked to carve the turkey, which I had not done in years. And so, um, that I started, I don't know. I, I that was when I started really getting. Um, I'll look back at the wheel. Irritated, um, frustrated, and not that it wasn't being carved, which I might add was being carved beautifully. When's the last I, time there was a great? <laughs> the last time I carved a turkey. Yeah. When was the last time? I don't. I don't even know. I usually defer, you know, I defer to someone else. So probably it was, it was probably before Jody and I married. It was probably, um, with Kristen. So my daughter, Kristen, um, Thanksgiving was the main holiday that we got to spend together. So um, just with visitation, the way that worked out, it was never Christmas, but it was always Thanksgiving. So the last time you may have so, carved a turkey would have been with Kristen. Yeah. Now, granted, it might have just been a turkey breast because it would be just the two of us. Um, <clears throat> but still, it was the turkey, the dressing, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, the you know the whole again the whole deal. But you would have done the carving. I would have done the carving, the cooking, the whole bit. So, um, and so I think over the years we've we've gone other places, mm-hmm. you know, as a family for Thanksgiving. Um, and if we did it, um, then it might have been, like I say, I may have deferred to someone else on the carving. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So it might have been. Um, in fact, I can't. I'm. I'm recalling now. Um, different people older than I that was attending that I would defer. Right. Even if it was at our house. Okay. You know. Here you are. You are at the head of the table. Mm. You can do the carving. Mm. Um. So. I I did that. I'm thinking I did that out of respect. Um, I don't know if subconsciously I was doing that out of avoidance. I have no idea. Mm. It it but it certainly makes sense. Um so I I certainly had the right tool for the job when it came to actually carving. So there was no need for me to be frustrated or irritated like oh the knife is not sharp or mm. or nothing i mean it was 
that was working. Everything was was working perfectly, and I, but yet I was I was um, aggressive, um, and that you know on the wheel, and then I I I cut a piece that. Um, I dropped cause it was in the pan with still with all the juices that, you know, slipped off of the, with the knife and the, and the carving fork and dropped into the, the juices that splattered on my Jersey that I was get, wearing, going to go to a game. Mm-hmm. And then I just got pissed. Right. Right. And was, um, then I was furious. Mm-hmm. Right. I was at, and and it was so simple when i look back but then i was just i was pissed yeah because now this has happened to me even though i caused it um and was just you know just you know really um you know hateful another word on the on the wheel um about it um resentful then that i'm carving the turkey and then i have the juices splash on me and Mm. um you know and so was pulled aside to say what's going on you know you're being an ass and it's like no i'm fine i'll we'll be fine so get everything done um and all sitting down at the meal, and then that's when I start coming down. Right. Right. I start, um, start coming down from the agitation, and then that's where, on the, on the wheel, where embarrassed comes, mm-hmm. um, and remorseful. That's on the sad mm-hmm. part of the wheel, starting to feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, ashamed um and um yeah vulnerable and 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 probably inferior is one of one of the words too and then that's at that moment then i was you know able to look across the table you know at Jody and, and, you know, mouth my apology and then there was sincerity. Like I could feel it and I know she could see and feel the difference where I'd come down. And so then, so then we had talked about it after like, what was the deal? Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't know I popped up a couple of excuses that I thought it might've been. So it really wasn't until, you know, uh, a couple of days removed, um, you know, because then I thought, well, because I, I had some, and and we did our our Thanksgiving because it was and when we could when we could as a family get together that was just on Sunday, and then on that month so the Sunday after Thanksgiving so then the Monday I had um, scheduled there was a a Mohs surgery mm-hmm. on my nose, and I have you know traumas that are wrapped around like previous surgical um, procedures. So I was thinking, okay, I was maybe I was just thinking about Monday, 
um, you know, trying to figure out why. Because I thought I was, mm-hmm. like I say, I'm looking forward to it. And I, and I did. I was looking forward to it. But then taking a step away and, and looking at it from an exterior of then, you know, digging a little deeper, asking myself why and trying to get into a, get into a, a quiet place and then realizing, yeah, the family was all there, but Kristen wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's what our listeners that we talked about with the holidays are coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been, you know, Kristen died in 2006. But as we, as we know, it doesn't matter if it's 2006 or 2020, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there's not a big, it's not a time, you know, again, that, one of those false numbers, time heals all wounds. Yeah, it's not bullshit. the time. It's it's total bullshit. It's what you do right. in the time, right? Yeah. And giving exactly. yourself permission to do that and not becoming stuck because somebody says, mm, there's no point in doing anything because you'll never get over it. Exactly. And it's not a matter of getting over. It's moving through. It's completing, you know. Getting through to the other side. Yeah, with the tools. With the tools. So that you can recognize the stirrups. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you and I had recorded that podcast um, that week. And my Thanksgiving turned out to be very different than I, you know, air quotes, thought it would be and should have been. Mm -hmm. And I got to be on the receiving end of anger being used as a stirrup. And... I've done the grief work, so I recognize that it's disturbed, so I know it's not personal. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then that that's going into brain, right? That's excusing, that's right. negating, that's, I can intellectually know something. <clears throat> but because I have the tools, I could spin the wheel and and get into that sad space of being on the receiving end of anger is disturbed uh, mm-hmm. from someone who hasn't done the grief work. And so I went to below sad and excuse me, I definitely felt abandoned <clears throat> and uh, vulnerable. And yeah, abandoned again. And then mm-hmm. isolated. Um. Mm. And a little bit powerless because I don't have the power to make anybody do grief recovery work to be able to engage with me in a healthy way. Right? Right. So there's a little bit of powerlessness. And I can't negate those feelings just because I can intellectually understand them. And that's would be me going into an unhealthy place of brain, right? I had to allow mm-hmm. my heart to feel all of those things over the Thanksgiving holiday and allow that to be okay and not say, well, that anger was okay because it wasn't meant or because she hasn't done the grief work or because whatever. Mm-hmm. I had to let myself 
and my heart to feel those things and be okay within that and allowing those to express um, and not negate them based on what I know to be true. Right. And there is that bit of powerlessness because, because I do understand and I would like that person or people around me to be in a healthier space where they had done the work to heal. Mm-hmm. And I have to allow for the fact that sometimes people are not in that space yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, and still allow my heart to have a voice and say, that hurt. And that's how I feel. So it's just interesting how we are on different sides of anger being used right. in grief. Um, you know, I think I've, I've, shared my stirbs with you um, mm-hmm. that were very unconscious. I had no clue I was doing them. None whatsoever. And uh, it wasn't until I realized what I was doing and then looked at, okay, what are these trying to distract me from feeling? So I, I know how anger is showing up for you. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious, are there any emotions on that chart that it's covering up? Um, yeah, um, definitely covering up, I mean, that empty space, Mm -hmm. right? Empty and the sad, Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, with, with Kristen not being here and powerless, Mm. powerless comes up, Mm -hmm. it comes up in a lot of it with even um, just with her dying to begin with, Mm -hmm. of the powerless Mm -hmm. feeling around that. Um, And, you know, ashamed. So there's, you know, it's probably for another podcast or even a a completely different subject um, of a podcast with just feeling ashamed of just growing up with shame mm. and and guilt and and that kind of stuff and and remorseful as well mm-hmm. um you know so i know that my heart and my intent um is not to cause harm or pain or mm-hmm. um or any uh, uh, any of the feelings that you described from being on the mm. receiving end mm-hmm. but it doesn't um it doesn't excuse the behavior right. and it doesn't negate what the person receiving mm-hmm. that anger feels yeah it's still hurtful and it's still mm-hmm. um those emotions are are real and 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 legitimate um and it just you know being able to step back a little bit it just kind of it shows you how important the work is mm-hmm. because you know i i i think you know i might be safe in making a broad statement here about about our listeners those that are that are listening to this that are 
are hurting, that have loss, that might stirb with um, anger or or something like, or you know, have a similar reaction um, to what I did, and 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 let me say that was a lot of holidays mm, mm-hmm. over over the past. 10 plus years. That was a lot of holidays yeah. that it was, it was just anger. Right. But I would say, I, I'm probably pretty safe in making a general statement that that's not the heart of our listeners that are hurting. Yeah. That they have a heart of love and, and warmth mm-hmm. and they're a good person. Mm-hmm. And yet, but this comes out. This happens, um, especially not doing the work that I had not done and have not done, but that I am doing. I'm in the process right now. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that um, it still causes damage to those that we may feel safest to be around. Right. And causes added layers of pain to you right. because you know this isn't your heart. And so it's not expressing the way you would want it to in those moments. Yeah. And it's like, because then you take that next step into mm-hmm. feeling sad and feeling remorseful and ashamed and mm-hmm. all those things for doing what, you know, what I had just done. So, right. I just want to honor your heart space, though, for being willing to show up and for being willing to go into a vulnerable space with this. That takes amazing courage and a willingness to be vulnerable and a willingness to be open to new tools, because that's also scary, right? Yeah. I mean, and I, um, you know, just as I'm thinking about the podcast, really looking at it and like I say, I don't go back and listen to them. Mm-hmm. I had to, I did have to go and look for this, the podcast that I mentioned earlier, or the episode that I mentioned earlier. Um, but the purpose, and even when I started this mm-hmm. was to get this story out and right. to get, get my journey out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes across maybe a little more clean and polished in the first season. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know what I didn't know. But yes. I'm just, I'm being out there and I'm saying and, and talking about my story. Mm-hmm. But probably from more of a surface level. And, you know, where we are now. So this, I mean, this podcast is not, real, it's not for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. If you want a podcast for that, there's plenty of those out there. Um, not that. But this is about healing. Mm-hmm. And it's about doing good and um, and helping and beginning conversations. And so, again, it's not a, you're going to listen to this podcast and after a few episodes, hey, got it. I'm all good. That's not what it, mm-hmm. we're, we're just simply bringing it to light and, and I'm okay um, being, vulnerable and open to my journey 
and obviously the evolution of that journey mm-hmm. from what, things I've talked about in season one to now. Right. When you have new tools. And with new tools. New tools. Mm-hmm. And I just want other other people and I mean I can I can speak to um to speak to the men that are listening that you know yet vulnerability is not a weakness you know nope and the people that are around you that want you and need you and love you like there's strength in vulnerability there's strength in um you know, in doing this to get through this and how much more you can be for those people that are around you that you mm-hmm. love and that love you. Because um, again, whether, whatever that stir might be, and if it, if in my case, if it is anger, there's, you're, there's damage that's taking place. And I know that's not your heart. I know that's not what you want to do. So feel free to reach out to me and guess what guys cry guys feel guys hurt um mm-hmm. i mean we joke around that yeah guys do stupid shit sure we do but we can also learn and and then the question is what is your true heart and if and and, and i believe that most i would think anyone listening to this podcast has got a warm, loving, and caring heart. And so if that heart is damaged and hurting from loss, then we're talking about tools that will help that heart heal and recover. And that's why Rena caught, yeah, exactly. And thrive. And thrive. That's the thing. It's permission to thrive after loss. But I just want to back up there. You and I talked about this and where you were saying it's okay for guys to cry. And yes, it is. And then, you know, you and I talked about this during the week um, Mm -hmm. when I started to tear up during the holiday podcast. And you were very uncomfortable with my tears. And jump to humor, which, yes, made me laugh, right? But it shut down my expression of emotion. So I didn't go any further with it. And so even though, you know, yeah, it is okay to cry. It is. And then holding space for someone else to cry and let that be okay and not feel a need to fix them or shut them down. Just let the expression be okay. And getting comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Because, right, that's the old myth and the old belief of, oh, God, I got to fix this. I can't be in the presence of this pain. I can't witness this. I'm I'm so uncomfortable with this pain. And so, yeah, we we talked about it, you and I, because I said, gosh, I I noticed this. And uh, And, I immediately shut down. And... uh, well, it just seemed to be like it was really uncomfortable for you yeah, to I be in to that space it. of tears. It's that, yeah. And it's so, the, let me make then right. Can you be and that's not fix it. That, that's not. Let my me role, make you feel that's better. Not, and I, yeah. I think though, as you were 
talking about it and explaining it is just simply being, being and, and just honoring your space. That was my role. Right. Right. But it's not a comfortable space yet. Right. Mm-hmm. For you to be in that space with somebody yet to be, to be there. So getting comfortable with that and not feeling a need to fix allows people to actually to feel better right. instead of shutting it down. And that's sure. like old tool, Sturb. old myth, old Humor's belief. Don't feel, laugh, distract, disturb. Humor is also sure. a disturb. Humor is a disturb. May not be on the list in the book, but it's a disturb. Um, and laughing is great. So, you know, uh, just even picking up on the times when we do that um, is really key. And then why? Like, what was so uncomfortable? Um, you know, where I was tearing up. I was just curious what that what that discomfort was, because it was very clear you were really yeah, uncomfortable I mean, I, I with I me being upset want, that night. Um, I want everybody to feel good. So, I want everyone around me. I want people that I care about to feel good. And I care about you. And we had hung out when you right. were out here. And, and right. you know, it right. was so much fun. And we had a great time. Right. And it's hard to uh-huh. then... It's hard to see, be in that space when you're hurting because I don't want you to hurt, right? And then and then you go, I go back to that default of, right. I have to be able to fix yeah. this. Yeah. Right. Instead of letting it. And, and that's, that's something it, that yeah. um, there was a. Uh, there was a different podcast that we were, that Jody and I were listening to. And there was a couple of things and one of those, and, and maybe we can talk about it at, at, you know, in a future episode, you know, I'd like to get their permission to do it. But one of the, that was one of the things in that emotion of being able to, um, to get through that pain. Crying is one of those things to let that release. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I cut that off with you. <laughs> I, I didn't let tears. you finish yeah. yep. that process, yeah. that that expelling right. that comes with with the tears, with crying. Right. And I'm curious if there was no. any fear behind that. No, there's that. no like no fear. Just have to fix it. Maybe fear. Discomfort. I, I, I don't wanting, know. I'm just curious. Um, no, no fear. Just yeah, discomfort. Just, you know, wanting you to be okay and wanting you, you know, again, do it's the surface stuff. It's the um, the old tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the old tools. And then I'm I'm curious if it feels conflicting then. Mm-hmm. So you were very uncomfortable with my pain. And so I'm curious about how conflicting it must feel in your heart space when you know you're causing pain to others. And at the time the I don't response. So, so when I'm in the when I'm in the middle of it, um Right, so you're not even aware I don't. of it. 
Mm-hmm. But when I'm coming mm-hmm. down from that, then that's when, that's when that next flood of emotion comes in, right. of that sadness, of that, right. um, you know, being remorseful mm-hmm. and ashamed and, um, you know, empty and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, all of those that on the wheel that that come out from that sad. Mm-hmm center it's after the fact but at the time when i'm in it Mm -hmm. i don't but at the moment i catch it yeah so or there's pointed out then boom there's that immediate shift right um Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and recognizing Mm -hmm. the damage right of recognition and it's yeah yeah, and it's and it's all Mm -hmm. done with there's no you know again no intent so that's what we're talking about with guilt there's no intent to harm Mm -hmm. um but yet there's still harm. Intent to harm, right. And, yes. And can it be, right. you know, again, can it be explained? And I wish to do like, things you know, differently. Quote, unquote, explained. Yes, here's here's the deal. Here's where the, um, the emotion's coming from. Here's the sadness, the loss. Sure, that is the source, mm-hmm. 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 but it doesn't excuse the behavior. It might explain the behavior, but it doesn't excuse it. So it's not like a get out of jail free card, you know, a monopoly. It's like, you know, I can't say, well, I was being an ass because my daughter's not here. So, you know, whatever. All right. Well, that's not, that doesn't, right. That just doesn't fly. Mm -hmm. And that's not, um, I don't think that's, you know, again, that's anyone's heart. Now in the, you might be in the midst of the anger. And again, that's part of the, the arrows you're slinging, you know, mm-hmm. it could be, but the crash when, when the mm-hmm. remorse and the shame and all of that comes back and the sadness to go, Oh shit. I was mm-hmm. so bad and so mean and, and, you know, yeah. And over the years, that's certainly been, you know, that's been, a place that I was and I would say, you know, playing that card, you know, not, mm-hmm. not from a, Oh, I've got the zinger card of like, Oh yeah, well you haven't lost a daughter. Right. But when you're in the midst of it and right. to mm-hmm. shut it down, playing that card, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, here's the high card. You don't have one to play any right. higher. Um, yeah. But that, and I, but that's really, for me, that was early on zero work. I mean, zero work. Yeah. Not even the, oh, it's, you know, you're never right. going to get over it, you know. Not even, oh, well, I just need to learn to live life. Again, there was no learn anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, I think that, um, you know, maybe in some of the earlier episode or, you know, in season one where some of that that came out, I was really tame in my descriptors of, of the time at the funeral home. Um. Cause I was, I was just watching mm-hmm. language, but then as we, you know, once we got into that, 
you know, stupid things people say, then, oh, yeah, all the filters are off, and this is how I really feel. Right. Well, that's how it yeah. was, you know, then, that the anger was so great. It didn't matter who it was, who I was talking to, you know, mm-hmm. just being... um using that anger and being so out of control, you know, with it. I mean, I was never, um, for me, I was never violent, but my volatility of words was just as, um, abusive, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, Oh, you can't, you can't see. And inner bruises, not I not mean, not visible bruises, but I inner bruises. Yeah, yeah. Very harmful with those words. And again, you know, I'm saying all this, and we're talking about all this now. Again, it's not to win a popularity contest, or you know, which I probably wouldn't win right now. It's to help to say, dude, you're not alone. Like, so if there's if there's a guy, and again, I'm just, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm I'm speaking, yeah. you know, to the men out there that um, it's not it's not one of those things you have to hide and go. No, I can't let anybody know in my community or my friends or whatever of yeah. you know, you know, just how big of an ass I've been to people that I love because mm-hmm. um, that's really not my heart. You're right; it's not your heart, but it. Mm-hmm. It's your hurting heart. Mm-hmm. It's your hurting heart. It's your hurting heart. And I can speak to the women because I receive anger from female, right? So it happens too that, that women get angry and use anger mm-hmm. as a stirb. And again, women are trained, right, to be nice culturally. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be angry either, right? Yeah. Men are allowed to get angry. Women are not. If women get angry, they're bitches, right? Whole double standard. (laughs) So there is that flip side again of don't be angry. And, right? So, again, just you can speak to the men out there, and I'm going to speak to the women, and just as a Greek specialist, speak to the men as well, because I work with both men and women, and say it is okay. It is okay to feel all your feelings and to say, okay, anger is one I go to, to not feel the sad or to cover up the fear or to cover up the vulnerability because it's too scary to go there. I can't go there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to release. It's like bubbling along. It's like you said, you were agitated and it's like a kettle on the stove and it's kind of on a low boil. And then you let enough steam out mm-hmm. and it just keeps it from boiling over, right? So you can just have this discharge of, of anger, which allows you to stay bubbling and get through with this low level of agitation that you've gotten used to being with. But one little tipping point and yeah. that <laughs> thing comes flying out of the kettle. And then you can simmer down and come down again and get back to that space where you feel all the other things, the remorse and the, the shame. And and that's that low level that kind of is there all the time. So it's, it's uh, 
I see the pain in you being on the, the, you know, with anger being your stirb. And I sure have experienced anger on the other side and been on the receiving side. And I'm honoring my pain in that too. Um, from the people in my life who, who do use anger as a stirb. So now the big question so, is, um, since yeah. we're in our holiday sandwich, is now there's Christmas coming up. Right. So my thing is, okay. I don't want to repeat performance. There now, being aware of it is probably the first thing that's really helpful. Um, and, um, you know, my mm-hmm. therapist and I, we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've been talking about it and then we're going to kind of come up um, when we meet again um, later this week to talk about some strategies and some exercises to try not to get to that that higher level. You got to recognize it before mm-hmm. it gets, to you know, it's kind of it. like yeah. um, the old analogy of, you know, a, um, a frog in a, in a pot and you gradually, you know, you turn up the heat when the water starts and they don't realize versus if it was already boiling, you know, it'd mm-hmm. be pretty quick in and mm-hmm. out. Right, so it's trying to mm-hmm. recognize it before recognize that this is this is getting hot before getting in there, and so we're gonna we're going to work on that um, on on my side of things. But is there what what would you say to listeners as? They may or may not have had a um, a difficult Thanksgiving, um, and now we're coming into Christmas, to where there's not it's not just full of dread of like mm-hmm. oh my god I've got Christmas coming, but a couple of mm-hmm. a couple of tools. What would you? What would you say or what would what would you suggest hmm. well, of course, I would suggest everybody have a grief right. recovery specialist in their back pocket right. or have done the work or be doing the work or have those tools okay um and folks can find them mm-hmm. on grief recovery method.com there's always going to be someone in the area without that just allowing the the heart to have a voice because anger and all of those things and for me like if people have listened to previous episodes of of season two and i've talked about my disturbs (laughs) which as you know none of them are on the list so i yeah. thought eh, i'm grant <laughs> i don't need to do any more work this is only you know uh week two of grief yeah. recovery and i have nothing on the list i must be fine um no 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 mine were just very mm-hmm. subtle and unconscious um as they are right just like your anger was is unconscious while it's happening um so mine were going to target every evening after work and keeping clutter around the house and the car so so for me, and what I do to with clients is we look to see what those things, mm-hmm. those behaviors are distracting us from feeling, right? What are the biggies? And for me, 
that's on that list um, was lonely and alone. And my heart did, or my brain did not want me to go in there and walk into the pain of acknowledging the fact that I was alone and I was incredibly lonely without my kids being at home. And um, so it would distract me. And so I'd say just based on the holidays, if folks can give their hearts voices to say, yeah, it really sucks. I really do feel isolated. I really do feel alone. Um, I really do feel lonely and allow that to have a voice. Um, and then to reach out, it can take a lot, but maybe even before Christmas comes to say, Hey, you know, I'm feeling this. Can you check in on me? You know, can you hold space for me? Um, and again, yeah. like you and I had put out before, you know, email us with messages that you would like to mm -hmm. deliver to your loved ones. What would you say? What would you say to them? What do you want to say to them over the holidays? Yeah. Uh, and we'll do a podcast where we read those anonymously and um, allow the heart to have a voice. You know, I know <laughs> for me. I'd be saying, don't eat all those crispy potatoes. You know, your sister would want one <laughs> because they'd always go for the crispy roast potatoes, mm -hmm. um, you know, or no peeking at the gifts. You know, I'll know if you shake them, I'll, I'll know there's no checking. Um, mm -hmm. So they're all the things I would be saying, the things I miss getting to say um, or getting them to set the table uh, you know, for dinner, yeah. everybody had a role, um, or telling them exactly. not to get up before six o'clock. <laughs> so, uh, so just, I would say reaching out, allowing the heart to have a voice. Um, because again, my son suicided the day after Christmas. So there can be a lot of, really deep depression, loss, grief, sadness on the holidays because right. there is that expectation just like you had for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. right? It was going to be different. Um, you had a lot of hope and maybe a lot of disappointment because it wasn't. And there'd been a lot of expectation. So holidays can carry an extra weight where we miss our loved ones even more. And... Um, that's what happened with my son with, uh, at Christmas. So he didn't have the tools. So I would say to reach out, to have somebody safe and trusted mm -hmm. to reach out where you can say, oh, my heart really sucks right now. It really hurts. And I feel really vulnerable and I feel and, really alone. And so let's and, say uh, that we're in a setting. On me. Um, lots of people in the room, right? So if you find yourself in that setting and you're starting to feel... Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're you're in that sadness wedge or anger or or whatever it is, that it's okay to excuse yourself from the room and and go get grounded again and go mm -hmm. and 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 cry. Um scream into a pillow, like whatever, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to, don't feel like you've got to put on whatever uh, a performance 
for other people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we talked about that once when we were talking about parties. Right. You know, of it's not, um, Mm -hmm. you're not in, in charge of their feelings and their emotions. Right. So if you, if you leave and you go and, and you need that time and you cry and you feel like you're ready to go back in the room and you come out and your eyes are puffy and, and, you know, who cares? Right. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it's not a matter like you don't have to perform right. for anyone. Nope. Um, I read something recently. Actually, I thought it was great. And it said, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but I should find it for the next podcast. It said something about, you know, when you invite somebody grieving, um, mm. after a loss, know that you're inviting yeah. them and their grief. It's like there's an extra guest and yeah. make space. But I would say have one person, at least in yeah. the room, who knows that you can go to and say, oh, I'm having a moment right now. Yeah. Have one person, a safe person, where your heart feels safe enough to be vulnerable. If you do need a moment, that's okay. If you only last 20 minutes at a party, that's okay too. I would say just do whatever you need to do to get through the holidays um, So, in a healthy way. If there's anything in this or any of the other podcasts or, um, or like we've said, if there's messages that you want, you want to give to those that aren't going to be here, this holiday, email it to us. There's multiple mm-hmm. ways to find us and reach out to us. Um, so even through Instagram, you can message through Instagram. And I think the uh, um, it's DFTB podcast is the, that's the at Instagram. But if you do a search, you'll find it and you'll find the logo with the heart. Um, same on Facebook. Um, Don't forget to breathe podcast. That's on Facebook. You can, instant message um you can post i mean whatever but if you want to you know private message us there rena and i both see that um you know or the the emails that are associated um with it which you know it's rena at or bruce at and the don't forget to breathe podcast.com um you know or rena's email address through turning your leaf which is Yeah, so turning, turning your leaf at gmail.com. Lots of ways to reach out and just reach There's out. There's lots of ways. Sure. And lots of ways, yeah, lots of ways to post a message too. We've had some nice messages that have gone through um, yeah. with friends. Um, so, you know, we, we do know there's things that we can, we can see with this. We know that, um, the podcast is being listened to literally all over the world. Um, so um, we know mm-hmm. that um, as Rena had said to me earlier, life is a series of losses and it's not just, it's everywhere. So it's everywhere. 
it's everywhere. It's a lot of things. And um, you had said something about too. Just, uh, I just wanted to mention this before we before yeah. we finish up. But you'd said something about playing the zinger card, right? right. You can't have had a worse loss. And of course, that's a, an old tool, right? Because the one thing, well, the one thing, one of the things that we learn yeah. very quickly in grief recovery is we don't ever compare losses, ever. We don't minimize, we don't shame, we don't blame, we don't judge, we don't, we don't analyze, we allow. We allow everybody to have their own grief experience of their own losses, knowing right. that everybody grieves at a hundred percent of their own capacity. And that's why I won't allow anybody to say to me, Oh my gosh, your loss is so much bigger. Your three boys are dead. And I say, no, you don't get right. to give me the grief trophy. I did not enter the grief competition. I don't want that. It keeps me stuck. It keeps me stuck from healing if I believe that. It doesn't allow me to go towards knowing that I can heal right. and heal and have. And I'm actively doing that. It shuts that down as a possibility because somebody else assigned that grief trophy to me. Nuh-uh. I, thriving is my goal. Thriving and healing and... Um, yeah. No. There, There is no winner card. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. And it doesn't serve us to have that. Um, it just keeps us stuck. That's all. And so when a friend tells me her dog died, I can absolutely hold space for that. There's no comparison. She gets to have her, her grief journey. I'm mm -hmm. never going to say to her, that's not as big as my loss. For her, it is. <laughs> She's experiencing it at a hundred percent of her capacity for grief. And so, um, right. I think it's very important not to pick that up and run with it. Mm. Mm -mm. Doesn't it doesn't serve anybody no. to heal? So um, yeah, the, we don't need that minimizing or comparing, shaming, blaming, judging. And that's actually one of the commitments that we make every single grief recovery session: is that we allow, allow. It's a, a big word. Um, yeah. So I just thought that was important. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was actually one of my yeah. words for 2021, and it will be going with me into 2022. It <laughs> it's such an expansive word, you know, to allow. Allow for growth, allow for healing, allow for thriving. And allow the heart to have a voice. So allow has been a big part of my personal journey this year and my professional space of encouraging people to allow their hearts to have a voice, allow it to be more than okay, allow Marina, it to be part of life. A safe place for me so. tonight as we were talking. I am truly, <laughs> truly humbled. Oh, thank you. That you allow me to be. So it's a, it's a big deal to be allowed into somebody's and heart space. So thank you. I guess all our listeners are uh, are that as well. 
So, safe space. Mm-hmm. Next time. Yep. yep. All right. Next time. So we'll close for now. And Next time. We'll catch up with you, hopefully, um, before Christmas. We might have an, another layer of the holiday sandwich or, or we catch you after. But thanks for listening.